want to help your children get where they're going, a good place to start is by telling them where you've been. Today on Destined for Victory, Pastor Paul Shepard shares his message, Developing a Lifestyle of Faith. But before he starts, he joins us from his studio. Pastor, the Bible talks an awful lot about stewardship, about making sure we are faithful stewards of our time, our talent, and our treasure. How do you, as pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship in California, as well as leader of the Destined for Victory ministry, advise people in the area of giving? There are many great ministries, and I know that not everyone can give to every ministry that blesses their lives. But I think if you'll just listen to the Lord, God knows how to raise up unique supporters for certain ministries. And I need some people who uniquely feel called to come alongside me and to say, hey, Pastor Paul, I might not preach like you, but I can sure help support your voice on the radio and over the airwaves so that we continue to hear it. And if the Lord touches your heart and says to you, you are to be one of my supporters, one of my partners, one of my legacy builders, just listen to him because we really do want to reach thousands more. We can do it together if you'll listen to God and do what he tells you to do. And I want to thank you for prayerfully discerning the will of God in the matter of giving to Destined for Victory. That's what it all comes down to, seeking God's will and then doing it. So I would ask you as a Destined for Victory listener to prayerfully consider what part you might play in the ministry. Your prayers and financial support are needed and they do make a difference. As you're able to give a generous gift to Destined for Victory today, we have a thank you gift of our own to share with you, a study guide from University Press called God's Love, Knowing God's Love Through the Psalms. In this 10-session Bible study, Ruth Ann Ridley takes you through the Psalms to give you a peek into the love and character of God. You'll also find additional questions for starting group discussions, as well as expanded leader's notes. That's Knowing God's Love Through the Psalms, and it's our gift to you today by request for your generous donation to Destined for Victory. Call 855-339-5500 or visit PastorPaul.net to make a safe and secure donation online. You can also mail your gift to Destined for Victory, Post Office Box 1767, Fremont, California, 94538. If you want to bless your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, kids under your influence, the first thing you can learn here from Abraham is you have to be willing to share with them where God has brought you from. Every life has a story, and if you want to impact the lives of those around you, one of the best ways is to tell yours. Not only the part where God pulled you out of the miry clay, but the full story of the time you spent inside it. Today on Destined for Victory, Pastor Paul Shepard reminds us that when talking to the young people in our lives, transparency and full disclosure are essential because they point to the grace and mercy of God. Now, with today's Destined for Victory message, Developing a Lifestyle of Faith, here again is Pastor Paul. Generational blessings are not accidental or coincidental They are intentionally conferred. What that means is you are not going to luck up on a generational blessing. People don't just say, well, you know, I don't know. My family just, I don't know. Somehow God just, God just blessed us all. 
There's going to be nothing I don't know. Generational blessings, as we're going to see from this Bible passage, we're going to see that every time people were blessed by God in this family, it was because it was intentionally conferred on them. These people didn't just hope their kids were blessed. They blessed their kids. And isn't that what we desperately need today? I mean, look at what's happening in our world, in our nation, in our cities, in our communities. Look at what's happening in our schools, in our churches, and certainly in our families. In far too many cases, what we're seeing passed on is ungodly and unfruitful actions, attitudes, and associations. That's what we see passing from one generation to another. Ungodly and or unfruitful actions, attitudes, and associations. What we see in far too many cases being passed from one generation to another is people who don't act right, who have a bad attitude, and who have wrong dysfunctional relationships. Now think about it. Don't you know a bus full, a truck full, a train full, in some cases a stadium full of folk. And you see from one generation to another, they don't act right, they don't think right, they don't react right, and they don't have right relationships. Same mess from one generation to another. It's not like you know, the, none of the parents got along, but all our kids, we, we all straight. We good. We love each other. You don't see that happening very much. What you see most of the time is grandma and them are crazy at their level. They just dying off so it's fewer of them to be crazy. But they passing craziness and dysfunction all the way down through the generations. Just generational craziness, generational foolishness, generational dysfunction, generational fighting, generational jailbirds, generational dope addicts, generational alcoholics. That's what we see too much of. Passing that stuff on one generation after another. And so we need to turn the tide. We who are people of God, we need to understand that God has given us The ability to live under generational blessings. And here's the good news. Even if there have been generational curses in your family for four or five generations, you now are saved. You now are in a Bible teaching church. You are receiving the entrance of the word, which brings light. You are coming to understand that God has not only sent his son to give you eternal life, he sent his son to give you abundant life, life to the full. And that means whatever foolishness has gone on in your family, I don't care for how many generations, it can and should and must stop with you. And you need to interrupt the pattern of generational curses and begin the pattern of generational blessings. I need you to open your heart and hear God speaking to you. Don't hear Pastor Paul. I need you to hear God on this matter. God wants the mess to stop in your family, even if you're the first one to stop it. 
God wants the junk to stop. He wants the dysfunction to stop. He wants the craziness to stop. Y'all got to stop being known for being the craziest folk in your neighborhood. You got to stop being the alcoholic. Stop being the drug addict. Stop being the folk fighting all out in the street. Stop being the folk 911 is always called on. It's time to stop it in Jesus' name. You got to stop it and you got to establish a new pattern. Not just you have to live right. You got to establish the blessing so that those coming behind you start living right. It's the patterns. It's the patterns. Notice how patterns live in families. Here's the principle. The traits of the parents become the tendencies of the children. The traits of the parents become the tendencies of the children. That's just one of those principles. Whatever the parents do, say, however they behave, however they think, the natural tendency is for those things to show up in their kids. The traits of the parents become the tendencies of the children. Think about the families you know. In procreation, your kids don't just get any old set of random genes. They get genes from the parents. How many times have we looked at a kid and said, and that got to be a Johnson? <laughs> you didn't even meet him yet, but you see the face. Look at that. Whose child is that? Oh, that looked like one of the Johnson kids. Because you see the traits in them. Traits of the parents become the tendencies of the children. You just see it. But I'm here to tell you, not only do we pass on natural biological traits, we pass on all kinds of actions, of attitudes, and associations. Because they learn it from us. They pick it up from us. There are some people who don't even know what dysfunction is. Because it was just their family. So when you tell them, you know, y'all dysfunctional. They're like, what you talking about? This is family reunion. <laughs> it's not dysfunction, it's family reunion. For them, it's normal. For them, it's natural. We haven't had a reunion till 911 is called. <laughs> More is caught than is taught. That's another way to put it. More is caught than is taught. And you catch it. You pick it up. It becomes normal for the kids. So what God is wanting us to do is to use this principle for good. Since the traits of the parents become the tendencies of the children, since more is caught than is taught, we have to be the generation that says, not only am I going to live under the blessing of God, but my children are going to live under the blessing of God. My grandchildren are going to live under the blessing of God. My great-grandchildren are going to live under the blessing of God. We're not going to have foolishness characterizing this family. I decree it in Jesus' name. We got to make up in our minds. That's the way it's going to be. You a shepherd. You're going to be blessed. Period. End of discussion. Because we are a household of faith. That's the kind of decision we have to make. We got to make this principle work for good. God wants us to live under an open heaven of favor and blessing. How then 
can we establish it? You know me. I am not a what preacher without a how preacher. I hate being preached to with the what and nobody gives me the how. Can't stand it. I sit under some of my colleagues and they're making some really good points. We have to do this. We have to do that. And we have to do the other. And I'm sitting there saying, okay, how? And then he says, let's stand. And I'm frustrated. I'm like, wait a minute. You didn't tell me how to do this. You have a pastor whose job is to be a teacher. Inspired teaching is what I'm into. I could hoop and I could have y'all running out of here thrilled every Sunday, but not till I tell you how to live the way God wants you to live. That's my job. That's my job. I tell you all the time, my job is to do permanent damage to your ignorance. You're not supposed to come to this church and not know what God wants you to do or how to do it. So, okay, pastor, I bought in. Generational blessings, yes, I want to establish them and I want to pass them on. Yes, pastor, I'm, I'm in. How do I do it? Glad you asked. It begins, jot this down, it begins with us personally. We must live the blessed life before attempting to confer blessings on others. And don't go away, we're only about halfway through today's Destined for Victory message with Pastor Paul Shepard. He serves as Senior Pastor at Destiny Christian Fellowship in Fremont, California. If you enjoy listening to Destined for Victory, we know you'll love watching some of Pastor's best video clips by subscribing to YouTube. For more details on all of Pastor Paul's social media, scroll to the bottom of the homepage at PastorPaul.net. That's PastorPaul.net, where you can listen on demand to recent messages and find a wide variety of features and resources. Did you know that you are a role model? You may not know it, you may not want to be one, but you are. And God wants you to play the role well. Here's Pastor Paul with the rest of today's message, Developing a Lifestyle of Faith. We must live the blessed life personally. In other words, you want to establish generational blessings? First thing I want to know is, are you living under God's blessings? You personally. Are you living under God's blessing? Or are you still living under some stuff that you need to break before you try to break it off of the next generation? So the first point is one of self-examination. You cannot confer blessings you're not living in. Parents and those who influence others, I want to broaden this concept. Even if you're not a parent, I want you to know that God's given you a sphere of influence. There are people who are looking to you as a model. You don't know it, but there are people looking to you as a model. Remember a couple decades ago when Charles Barkley was still active in the NBA and he did some commercial and he said, I am not a role model. And it caused a whole lot of controversy as people were trying to decide whether sports figures and and Hollywood personalities and all that should be considered role models. And people did all these talk shows and stuff on that. Listen, you don't get to pick whether you're an influence or a role model. I mean, you can intentionally put yourself in a position to try to uh, take advantage of the influence. But the fact of the matter is anybody you have influence over, you are a key model in their life. They signed you up. You didn't sign yourself up. They decided you're important. And so we all have to understand, even if you don't have a single child, if you have a sphere of influence, if you have nieces or nephews, if you have co-workers, kids, if you have 
uh, people in your community, if you have people in the church whose kids kind of look to you, anybody from the next generation who kind of is inspired by you and, and is taking a look at your life, you must understand this principle as well. You can't bless people when you're not blessed yourself. It starts with us. Notice that Abraham, see the text talks about Isaac, talks about Jacob and Esau, talks about Joseph and talks about Joseph's sons being blessed. It talks about several generations in this family, just in those three verses of Hebrews chapter 11. All of that started with Papa Abraham. And the Bible says about him in Genesis 24 and 1, Abraham was now old and well advanced in years. And watch this. And the Lord blessed him in every way. How did this family become blessed even through all their stuff, misdealings and wrong moves and all of that. How did this family end up being blessed? Because God blessed the patriarch. God blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham was able to confer blessings because Abraham was a blessed man. I came to ask you, are you blessed? Oh, I know you say that when people ask you how you are. Oh, blessed. I know you say it. I want to know, do you live it? Are you living under the blessing of God? Put another way, have you cast off the curses that the enemy has tried to put on your life to keep you from being all you're supposed to be? Have you gotten sick enough of bondage in this area or that area of your life where you've thrown it off, said, I will not live underneath my privilege. I'm going to believe God for everything he has for me. You must understand our God thinks in generational terms. It's not just about us. That's what messes this generation up because we think it's all about us. And the reality is it's really not just about you. It is about those coming behind you. When God blesses you, he's got his eye on two, three generations. He's thinking about people who aren't even born yet. He's thinking about the, the people who are going to come through your lineage or through your influence until Jesus comes again. So God is thinking, you're included, but he's thinking way past you. So Abraham understood that it wasn't just about him. And as he lived his life, he lived it with a consciousness that he had to walk under the blessings of God so he could pass on those blessings to others. He understood that God cares about the generations following. And if we don't intentionally bless those generations, they will be the worst for it. If we don't intentionally pass on blessings, we're putting them in a precarious situation. Now, what I want to do in the remaining time then is to talk with you about three ways that Abraham blessed his son Isaac. Because this passage opens talking about Isaac being uh, one who blesses his kids. So let's start with Papa. Let's learn three key lessons from Papa that can be translated not only through their lineage, but through our own. Three ways God blessed Isaac. And these are principles that will help us. The first way he blessed him is by disclosing his testimony. Abraham blessed his son by letting his son know how God had blessed him throughout his lifetime. If you want to bless your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, kids under your influence, anybody who's looking up to you as you're their big brother, their big sister, anybody, let's spread it out beyond children. If you want to be a blessing 
to those coming behind you, the first thing you can learn here from Abraham is you have to be willing to share with them where God has brought you from. You say, where are you getting that? I'm getting that from the fact that Isaac was aware of the backstory to his own birth. You do know the backstory. You do know the broader context of how Isaac got here. He got here first because God promised his parents in their old age that they were going to have the son of promise who was Isaac. And the parents responded improperly. And they came up with Ishmael. We've already talked about that. I can't go back there. Got too much ground to cover. We've already talked about that. They came up with Ishmael. You have to be willing to tell the generations as you walk under blessing. If where you are now, you finally are living under the blessing. You've thrown off your mistakes. You've thrown off the stuff that would bind you and keep you from being what God's wanted you to be. And you're now walking in victory and in the blessing of the Lord. You have to be willing to share with them the testimony. And the testimony can't just be your high points. See, some of y'all want to tell your kids and grandkids and and all of them everything you did right. That's not your testimony. That's your bragging. And you're tripping. Your testimony has all kinds of components in it. Come on, somebody. If you don't say amen, I brought my own in my back pocket. Brother Moan, I pull one out, say, preach, Pastor Paul. Pull another one out, go ahead, doc. I'll encourage myself through this. Isaac knew the story behind and surrounding his birth. He knew that his parents got it wrong before they got it right. You say, how Isaac know that? Where's your proof that he knew that? Because Isaac knew Ishmael. You say, uh-uh, uh-uh, I know the Bible. I know, uh-uh, Ishmael and Hagar were cast out when Isaac was two or three years old. Right there in the Bible. Go to Genesis 25, verse 9. Here's what you'll see. After Abraham died, his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him. Isaac and Ishmael buried him. If the other son comes to help bury daddy, even though he hasn't lived in his household for decades, that's because Isaac, as he grew up, knew about his brother Ishmael, and wherever he and his mama Hagar were living, they got together every now and then and hung out, so much so that when Abraham dies, Isaac knows Ishmael's cell phone number, and he calls him up and said, daddy has died, come on, let's bury him. And Ishmael said, I'll be right there. You can't know Ishmael as your brother without knowing the Ishmael story. How come Ishmael isn't raised in our house? Sit down, son, let's talk. That's your testimony. See, y'all want to be cute, and you can't be cute and bless the next generation. 
to bless the generation, you have to be able to talk about what you did wrong and how God helped you by his grace and by his power. Get your life together. Thanks so much for stopping by for today's Destined for Victory message, Developing a Lifestyle of Faith. To learn more about the Destined for Victory media ministry, or to find out about the special thank you gift reserved for your generous gift today, please visit PastorPaul.net. That's PastorPaul.net. Because the traits of the parents become the tendencies of the children. He's seen his daddy unquestionably follow God. And now here's his first chance to do it. And what a first test. Son, God wants you to get on the altar. And that's tomorrow in a message about unconceivable sacrifice, unwavering faith, and God's willingness to redeem our past mistakes. Until then, though, remember, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. In Christ, you are destined for victory.